Hello, my Kako, everyone. Welcome to the Moana Nui podcast. Tonight, we are doing a special guest highlight on the Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander Alliance. And this is an organization that I have just recently discovered from our wonderful sponsor, Sherry Daniels, over at Papa Ololokahi, who is helping us to continue the work here on the podcast and amplify and broaden the reach of our Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander communities, all of the wonderful organizations that are doing critical work to ensure that our communities are served and have the resources needed to thrive in our daily lives and have that be done in, a, in an equitable manner. And so I'm excited to get to know some, some new people, some new Manawahine who are leading here in the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Alliance. And they have a conference that's coming up in Washington, D.C. very soon, October 19th to the 21st. It's the current conference. And so on this episode, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the organization and the conference, the types of topics that we are going to be covering and how you all can participate and contribute to the work that is being done on your behalf. So we have two wonderful Manawahine today. First, I want to introduce Alisi Tulua. She's the project director for the NHPI Data Policy Lab at UCLA's Center for Health Policy Research and the Data Communications Lead for the Southern California Pacific Islander COVID Response Team. She spent 15 years in community-based nonprofit work, where she continues to receive the, great and the greatest and most significant education of her life under the guidance and mentorship of her elders. Over the years, she's contributed to NHPI communities through her work in cancer and health disparity, youth development, community organizing, coalition building, capacity building, and policy advocacy. She Alisi is honored to be in her current role at the NHPI Data Policy Lab, where she is challenged to learn new work in data equity. In addition to this role and her contributions to the SoCal PICRT, she currently serves on the board of the National CAPAC, hopefully I'm saying that right, the NHPI Alliance and Anamatangi Polynesian Voices. She currently lives in Monterey and has a master's of science in biology and a master's degree in biochemistry and cell biology from UCSD. So we'd like to welcome Alisi to the show. Aloha. And then our next guest is Empty Charlene Louis. She has a master's of education in educational leadership and completed doctoral courses in multicultural education and English as a second language. Charlene began her educational career teaching high school, and she's also worked at a private school for several years. She began her career in Granite School District in 1996, where she has been an assistant principal at Eisenhower Junior High School and Copper Hills Elementary and a principal at Monroe Elementary. She retired in July of 2021 after serving for 20 years as the Director of Educational Equity in the Granite School District. She's also an adjunct instructor at Salt Lake Community College and owner of Louie Educational Consulting. 
Recently, she was appointed the interim executive director of the National Association for Multicultural Education. She's also a strong advocate for equity, social justice, and the advancement of multicultural education. She's a two-year member of the Utah State Board of Education and past chair for CMAC, the Coalition of Minorities uh, Advisory Committee appointed by the Utah State Board of Education. Charlene is a nationally certified senior level REACH, respecting ethnic and cultural heritage trainer and a current ACLU of Utah board member. And she has been awarded the Exemplary Educator for Diversity in 2005, the Cesar Chavez Peace and Social Justice Award in 2011, the MLK Drum, Drum Major Award in 2013, the MLK Humanitarian Award from SLCC in 2014, and the Human Rights Award from Utah School Counselors in 2014. So Auntie's been doing a lot. <laughs> One of her favorite educational quotes is by Mary Kavena Pukui, who I also um, love and respect. Aohe pao kaike ho'okahi. All knowledge is not learned just in one school, meaning that one can learn from so many sources. And I find that to be absolutely true in my own life. And I see that play out every single day. So mahalo to Auntie Charlene and welcome both of you to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I, I just really appreciate, respect, and love seeing the leaders of our Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander communities and learning more about all of the work that you guys are doing because I feel like we don't get enough, enough recognition enough awareness and and enough just dedication so first of all mahalo for for what you guys are doing i i know that the work is definitely important it's it takes a lot of time but you you all do so much wonderful things for our community and the generations who are now coming behind us as well so mahalo mahalo but I think, Alisi, the first question I have, since you're the, you're the, the, the founder and the, the, the board chair for NHPI Alliance, can you help us understand what inspired the, the founding of your organization and how has it evolved over the years? Yes. Well, first, before I get to the answer, I just want to express my deep gratitude for you having us on your platform and giving us the opportunity to, to share here. It wouldn't be right for me to, to just launch into talking without paying some respects and acknowledgements for, first and foremost, the land that we are on. And, and you're on the East Coast and Auntie Charlene's in Utah and I'm in California. And I think in our own practices, we know that, that we pay, pay homage to the Indigenous people and the lands that we are on, knowing that as Indigenous people of our own land, how important that is. And express our commitment to continuing to uplift Indigenous communities, regardless who we're serving in our work directly. And I also just want to pay my respects and acknowledge the elders that have paved the way for even for me to be in a position to speak and to learn and work alongside Auntie Charlene, somebody who is established and renowned for her service to community and so I just want to pay my respects to all of the elders who some of them are already ancestors who made it possible for me to be able to enter this work and to be on this platform. So 
And then lastly, of course, again, thank you, Moana, for having us. It was really great to connect. And I think maybe our, our paths were always supposed to cross since we met back in May. And then <laughs> again in what, July? And, and here we are again. So thank you for that. Yeah, so I'm currently the board chair of the Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander Alliance. I am not the founder. I have the privilege of, of being in this role in this current iteration of the organization, which was established in 2008 by a group of elders whose work were really focused on health disparities. Many of them were from California, but not all of them are from California. And this includes some of our elders like Uncle Ka'iwi and Auntie Ka'ala Payne, who founded Pacific Under Health Partnership. At the time, Hardy from Papa Lokahi was part of the founding of the Alliance. Auntie Lola Sablan Santos, who was leading Guam Communications Network. Maka Faletau from the Tongan community. And, and I've only mentioned a few people, but there were a lot of our elders who were doing work in those days who came together to form the Alliance as a, as a coalition of organizations whose priority was the health of the community. And in that time, the, the founding executive director was Kelwin Young, who we lost in 2021 and who brought us together to, to form the board that exists now. And between then and between the founding in 2008 and around the time of the pandemic, Kelwin carried the work of the Alliance in by name. She didn't ever really get paid for the work that she was doing. But every other year, she, she pulled people together to plan a national convening. And oftentimes it took place in L.A. because that's where she lived and many people traveled there. But really, a lot of the work was to uh, increase visibility of health issues and health disparities and the work that community organizations were doing across the country with the federal government. And so the, the meeting that sparked the establishment of the alliance was a meeting that they had with the head of the Department of Health and Human Services with some of the, a couple of federal agency directors. And it was a community conversation with federal agency to ask where community was asking federal agencies for better resources to address the specific needs of NHPI communities. And so out of that meeting, there was an agreement to form the NHPI Alliance as a place where organizations who have an interest in establishing relationships with federal, federal government to work together in order to amplify and increase visibility of our organizations at the, at the national level. And I, I, we continue to carry that mission into today. I think we refine the mission to not just focus on health, knowing that everything impacts health, right? But uh, in language of our mission to, to ensure that we are a bridge to increase and improve access that our community-based organizations have to federal agencies in order for our organizations to be able to take advantage of resources that are available from the federal government. So that's a really long answer, but I wanted to make sure that I at least named some of our founders um, and some of the folks that uh, made sure that this organization exists. Gotcha. Yeah, thank you for for sharing that and acknowledging the elders and the people who helped 
blazed the, blazed the trails for, for us to step into our own leadership. How has, how, how successful has that been? Like, where are you guys kind of at with engaging the federal government? And when you are able to secure the resources, like what types of programs and initiatives do you all um, execute on behalf of the communities? So this new board was brought together in, I think, 2020, actually, sure, or 2021, actually, Charlene. And so... Our board is made up of leaders from across the country. So Angie Charlene's in Utah. Sherry Daniels is in Hawaii from Pablo Lokahi. And then we have some a board member from American Samoa. We previously had someone from the Marianas who was a student and had to step back. But we, when we came together and, and Cowan brought us together, she really selected folks that were from different parts of the country who were, I think, like really doing work in different areas and different sectors. And we have been going through a process of building a strategic, re redoing our strategic plan and, and making sure that we are working smarter, I think, rather than trying to work hard and fast. And so what we have done so far since 2021, so it's been a couple of years, is reestablish our mission statement, created, updated our website. And this was our first big program is planning a, 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 a national convening to bring together leaders that are from our NHPI community from across the country to D.C. Uh, and we see this as the beginning of our work. Uh, to be intentional in planning what our strategies are for engaging federal government. Luckily, we carried, we have carried forth some relationships that Cowan had with some of the federal agencies. And so we at least have a few friends that, that we carried over from Cowan's days. And so we're starting with them. So folks from the Department of Interior, some folks from the Office of Minority Health, and RP, so like we're, or, or um, immigration. So we're, at least with those different areas where we have continued to have conversations with some of the leaders from those agencies and are asking them to help us expand it uh, by way of bringing folks to our current convening. So that's our, that's our big thing right now is trying to establish engagement with federal agencies, but also with each other. So our convening is hoping to bring our folks together. We don't always have a place where we can come together. I know that that exists for the Native Hawaiian community through the Civic Club Convention, for example, the, and the Native Hawaiian Convention that happened in Las Vegas. There are, are those spaces for the Native Hawaiian community to come together. But collectively across our uh, Native Hawaiian and PI communities, there isn't really space for us to come together and learn about each other and from each other. So we feel like this is a, a first step that makes sense for us is to bring people together, at least meet each other. And then from there, hopefully build something intentional collectively rather than us build it on our own and then bringing people along, we hope that the current convening is a space for us to start to have those conversations. And I want to ask Angie Charlene, because I value her perspective as somebody who has done work for decades 
who is an educator and also a community leader from a different part of the country. Well, thank you, Alicia. And um, thank you, uh, Moana, for inviting us. Uh, this is really quite an honor and a privilege. So thank you so much. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Um, and, and so Alicia is kind of a broad question, but I do want to kind of, I want to, because, because of my golden years, so to speak, right? And as the kupuna or the elder, whatever word you feel comfortable using, through the years, we've had opportunities to be included in the Asian American, the AA group. But I always was, through the years, it was like, wow, it's great. It's almost like we're the stepchild or something else. And our, and I'm not being, I don't mean to be derogatory or, or saying, because we all, everybody helps everybody else out, right? As, as in our minoritized community. So I appreciate them helping us along the way. But I think they also realize that as, as we grew as a community, our voices became stronger and our needs became much more pronounced. And as we, and as a collective, as we started establishing our roots here on the continent, I think we, we realized too that we needed a space where we could be more vocal, more visible, and not so marginalized. And so that, this has been a great opportunity. For me, it's like a culmination that we actually get to this point. There may have been other convenings. And so I call them I, if I, if I, if there are others that I was aware of, but I really feel like this is another way for us, not a lot of times as a separate organization, you might have the retreat or the strategic planning meeting or whatever, but how often do we get an opportunity to bring in multiple organizations? And I think one of the, one of our goals that as we were, as Sherry and, and I and Alicia and our board were thinking about is how do we create a program that will encapture and, uh, and encompass all of those things? One that we're going to talk about very specific issues, but a lot of times we're never together. So we don't know. My, my concerns in Utah may be the very same as somebody in Arizona. And, and when we talk about how do, we, how do we work smarter and not harder? You know, so how do we start communicating and doing that cross-cultural communication and, and integrating across multiple organizations, states, geographical areas, et cetera? But we all have one common goal, right, is to help our people. And with that as well, making sure what makes us unique as well, not currents, but all of us as Pacific Islander groups, is the need to be able to have our culture be a very important and integral part of what we're doing. Because we've been in so many Western spaces that sometimes we go, okay, that's a great idea, but why does my na'ao not feel so good about it? Why, don't I, why doesn't it really click with me? But when I'm in spaces with our people, it's very different. So we hope we can bring that. Ooh, sorry, it's just Cowan, thinking about Cowan. And thinking about how she really wanted us to get to this point. So that's my manao for right now on how important this is. Oh, mahalo, Auntie. And to Auntie Cowan, who preceded you, you all. I'm glad that you, you are talking about the need for us to have these spaces, though, because at the APEX conference earlier this year, oh, I can't, can't remember who I was talking to. Was, was somebody from the Pacific Islander community, though? And we, we had similar conversations about what we talk about AA and HPI community, like the Pacific Islander community needs to work better together and, and combine our efforts and so that we can amplify the voice and show, show up. I think Sherry and I, when we had initial conversations when we first met too, she was saying that as well. If we, if, if we want to 
increase the resources that we get. We have to be committed and consistent in the presence and the, and the conversations that are happening at the national level. Because, I mean, that shows nobody invests in you unless you invest in yourself, right? And, and to show that you're serious about moving forward efforts, like we have to be here, we have to be working together. And I think one of the things that makes it challenging as well is that as Pacific Islanders and as Native Hawaiians, we're, we're so far away. We're, we're kind of spread disparately throughout the continent too, right? So finding those spaces where there are significant collections of our community can sometimes be challenging, especially when we're in different places. And as you mentioned, Auntie, someone in Utah and people in Arizona, these different places could have needs, but if we're not aware of each other and the efforts that we're trying to do, I, I, I witness this a lot where everybody's trying to do their own thing, but I'm like, okay, but who's like the collective tissue? Like who is, who is the one helping us to kind of like map out, okay, this organization is covering this part, like this organization is going to do this so that like the resources that we do have are maximized for the end goals that we're trying to get for all of the community. So I'm really glad that we're starting to have those conversations. And as much as hopefully this will help, I, I already feel like myself running this podcast, I've been doing it like three years now, but over the last couple of months, really intensifying the focus on the Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander community and just Having the voices of people from, it's just, I don't know, it makes me feel more fulfilled. And to kind of like what you were saying, it's different when you're like around your community and you're outside of the Western spaces that you're always in. It's just a different, different energy and a different level of comfort and a different level of transparency and connectedness in that way. So yeah, mahalo, mahalo for that. So for the conference itself, Alisi, can you give us more details? So October 19th to the 21st, is this, so do you, is the intention for this to be kind of like planning conference? Do you have speakers that are doing presentations, a, a combination of both? Can you help us get a sense um, of that piece? Yes. And I will say very little because I want to ask Auntie Charlene to share because she and Sherry were our program committee and designed the committee. And then I can give a little bit more details to to some of the, the pieces that we're building out. But I just to give a, a general overview of what the current conference is, we, ha we have a, a few, well, we have three main objectives. The first one is we want to be able to connect our NHPI organizations to federal agencies and national organizations. So that's why we're having it in D.C., the second thing is we want to engage, renew, and strengthen relationships among our own organizations that are going to be attending by connecting to the leaders that are going to be there. And then last but not least, a really specific mechanism for working with the federal agencies is that we are aligning support for an NHPI equity strategies in response to what the federal government is currently working on the the equity action plans that federal agencies are developing in response to this administration's executive order on addressing racial and injustice and disparities. So uh, those are the three main objectives of it. And so the way that it looks on our program, I'm going to let Auntie Charlene share it. And then um, I can give a little detail on some of the breakout groups. Thank you. Thank you. 
So as we contemplated what we were going to do, we at first, like you mentioned, are there going to be workshops, speakers, et cetera, et cetera. We had all of that in mind. But as we thought about it, and as, as we also looked at who was going to be the audience or the participants, we decided our program is going to be structured and such that, first of all, Thursday evening, before we begin the work, we're having an opening reception. And so we're really, we have a, a wonderful sponsor who is going to help us with a meal that evening. And we'll have actually, we're going to call it our cultural, what did we call it? Parade of Nations. Of Nations. No, we'll, um, you know, so, so we'll have an open, a cultural opening like that. We also will have a few speakers there. I'm not quite sure, so I won't name them because uh, Elisa can probably fill in more details as to who has um, said yes or no. But we are looking to have a few keynote speakers. Not that they're going to take a long time, but just welcome us, talk to us a little bit about what they're doing. And then several of them have already, uh, we know that they're going to be with us throughout those, the days that we're convening. And then as always, you can't, can't be together as Pacific Islanders without sharing our own cultural pieces. So we do have a local group from DC that is going to be doing some performances for us. But what we, but I'm going to use our Hawaiian word, kanikapila. We are going to have an open, the open mic, Polynesian Pacific Islander mic kind of a thing. So whoever wants to come up and we've already told Elise, she has to come prepared to do her, her or whatever. So she's, she's getting ready. I'm going to bring my dollar bills, Elise. So Anyway, so that's our Thursday evening because, you know, we're going to work really hard, but we have to party together first and build those bridges. And I think that's the overarching thing that Sherry and I were looking at was how do we build relationships amongst us so that we're not just together only once a year, but that there's ongoing. So we hope that Thursday night will be the first, the first conduit for that. And then on Friday, we are actually, as Lisa mentioned, we have three major parts. The first is we're going to, as a collective group, all together, so we're all hearing the same message at once, is to look at that big equity picture. And so Alisi and Travis have looked at those, the, the 90 federal agencies and looked at their equity action plans, and I'm not sure how it all rolls out. That's a whole lot to be looking at. And so, of course, we're going to be very strategic in the areas that right now, I think, that we feel are the most impacted by inequities the racial inequities and that would impact our communities the most. And so we'll be looking at that, but looking at the overall equity picture. And so once again, that will be the first breakout. And within that, of course, there will be interactive moments too, where you'll be working with small groups, et cetera, et cetera. The second work, big breakout group, once away, I'm using the term breakout, but it's really all of us together, but it's a workshop. And we will be introduced to data. We have to have data. It's a very Western thing, right? But well, even in our own indigenous ways, we collected our own data, right? We looked at the sun to say, how many, on what day can we plant this? Or at what point in time with the tides, can we do this or that? But in the Western world, the data, the numbers, the number crunching and everything. And so that's important. And so we will have, we will look at the state, really kind of the state of NHPI in the, in the continent right now, or in, in, in the cult, within, within the continent the, and, and the other areas to with the Marshallese, the Marianas, Guam, all of those in detail looking at that. And so I think we have some special speakers that will be presenting on that. And Elise can, that's her area, that huge data piece and everything. So she could probably elaborate more on that. And then of course, our third and the ending part of the day really is, how do we put all of this together then? And that's where it's, let's bringing our community folks together. We're going to actually hear from 
We have some very strong, several very strong NHPI organizations that have been at a level where they have they work very closely at the federal level. They've been there for a long time. So we're having them not so much showcase, but share us, talk to us about their journey. And so we'll we'll hear from them. And then we'll also have opportunities to break out in our own community ethnic group, so to speak. So for example, I also, my husband was the founder of the National Tongan American Society here in the state of Utah. But as Tongans living here in Utah, how often do we get together with, say, Tongans that might be in D.C. or Tongans that might be in Minnesota or whatever? So when there's opportunities for us to collaborate and learn more about what's going on amongst our own ethnic community group and share those, that's important. And then we'll also have another opportunity, though, for us to to talk in groups of our interests. Like my interest for years has been education. Are there inequities in education? You bet. What are our graduation rates? And a lot of times, because we're such minuscule, small, small numbers, but when you think about it, even in those small numbers, if only one out of every four or 25% are graduating, why don't we have 100%? Or, and why is, it, why is it that we have disproportionality in the school to prison pipeline? and the disparities in discipline and why, why is it that the black and brown students and we're the, black, the brown students that are included in those large numbers. So those are the kinds of things we'll be looking at as well as LGBTQ, trans, health, the law, injustice, all those kinds of things. And so we'll have different um, subject areas. And the other thing that we heard loud and clear too is that um, some of our community groups and, and organizations that are brand new um, they're trying to get introduced or have uh, an opportunity to get to know at the federal level who are the key players or who should we be talking with. So we'll give them opportunities to not only hear from the federal organizations, the representatives that will be there, but to 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 learn with them and to learn about them and to kuka kuka talk one on one with them as well. So, oh, my goodness, in one day, there's a lot of things going on. But more importantly, we, have, we're, we need to come away strategically with how do we reconvene strategically so that not just putting this all together and saying, oh, we had a great time, but we can't. It's not just a one-time sit and get, as we would call it in the professional development world. But there's, there's a systematic, programmatic, institutionalized way that we're going to uh, um, continue to work on this so, it's that, so that this is sustainable. And so that's in a nutshell, kind of an overview of our program. And then, so I'm going to turn it over to Elise to fill in with some of the more minute details of where she sees the equity plan going and, and some of those other deeper discussions. Thank you, Auntie Charlene. You can, you can see that, I mean, and I really appreciate this. I, I've built a lot of programs over the many years, and I really appreciated that Auntie Charlene and Sherry built this one with the thought of it having more time for us to connect and have conversations with each other because most conferences, and this includes like things that I plan also, it's like back to back to back, like workshop, workshop, or you have a breakout with five different sessions going on at the same time. And people like want to go to three all at the same time. And there's all, it's always really overwhelming with planned sessions where people are just talking at you. So I really appreciated the structure that they created for this, for it to have more just us time for us to have conversation with each other. I think it's like culturally, that's much more, there's so much more learning in those conversations. So 
So yeah, the the three big themes for our first for our full day are the general sessions that Auntie Charlene talked about. the The first one is really is going to be about the equity action plan. So within the first hundred days of this of this president, he put forth an executive order for federal agencies to develop equity action plans that would make their work as an agency more equitable, taking into account racial and ethnic groups that have been largely invisible in their services. And so there have been more than 90 agencies that have developed an equity action plan with clear goals about how they will make their agency more equitable. What we were interested in was how are their goals aligned with what is important to our NHPI community as priorities? And are their goals aligned with things that are important to our community? So oftentimes federal agencies, when they are transforming or, or moving different initiatives, we are usually late to the conversation. We're usually like, wait a minute, you didn't even think about us. But we found this to be an opportunity for us to not be left too far behind in the conversation. So it, although all of the agent, like most agencies have already developed an equity action plan, it is something that people are still contributing to. Some of the agencies have, or some agency equity plans have also, I think this might've been work that the White House initiative put forth, but they some of the agency also also have Asian and Pacific Islander equity strategies that have already been planned out. And so our goal is that we would find or prioritize some of the agencies and then adapt their plans to see, adapt it just to fit what we might need from those agencies. So what we will be presenting at the conference is that we've already done an assessment of the equity action plan for the Department of Health and Human Services, knowing that the HHS houses the National Cancer Institute, Office of Minority Health, HRSA, SAMHSA, like a lot of the agencies that provide that work with our communities. And what we will be presenting to the group, what the what our assessment has been of the DHHS equity action plan and some of the recommendations that we have developed for the DHHS equity action plan. As an example of what is possible for us to develop for other agencies. And then we will give everyone an opportunity to share some of the agencies that they think we should prioritize. And then we're hoping that people will volunteer to be part of some of those agency work groups. And then after the, the convening, these will be opportunities for these working groups to develop and adapt plans for those federal agencies moving forward. So that's the, it's going to be a one hour session. <laughs> so we're going to fit in a lot. So we're going to, we're going to be really strategic about how we fit things into that one hour. But to have an engagement component and like to present information. So that's that's what we have planned for that first session. We're really excited about it. Most times when you are doing work at the national level, most of the work that is done is related to legislative policy, right? Like people do a lot of like policy platforms and legislative visits, which are crucial to our work. 
And we know that some of our organizations are doing legislative policy advocacy. We felt addressing the federal agency equity action plans was a different lane that we could, we could take up as the alliance so that it could supplement some of the work that's happening at the legislative policy area. So that's just one session. <laughs> I think the data one, just quickly, the data one, the, the census detailed data was just released last week. And so we're going to do a presentation of some of that data and some of the trends, right? So we're going to, Calvin Chang, who is the director of the NHPA Data Policy Lab, which is, I'm, I'm no longer there. I am six months in another organization, but he will be presenting some of the trends that we're seeing with, with the census data. For example, uh, like the population growth, because now we have data from 2000, 2010, and now 2020. So like we can see some trend lines looking at like the ages, the age groups that are in our community. When we, when we were working on this workshop, we, he looked at the data and based on assessments that were done on the 2020 census, with regards to our community, for the first time, I mean, it's only the third time we've been on the census, but we did not have an undercount that's based on their assessment of census 2020 with regards to NHPIs. So, so we were laughing because we were, we were saying, so does that mean we can't ask them for resources to improve the census in 2030 because we did a good job this time around, but so he'll be sharing some of the detailed data, for example, the two fastest growing NHPI groups from based on 2020 data is Papua New Guineans and Chukis. And I'm thinking, where are Papua folks at? Like, where are they settling? Do we know where they are? How can we engage them? So I'm always really excited about data, but I hope other people will be excited to hear what some of the data, what some of the census data will say, because I know when it comes to the census, it's all hands on deck. It doesn't matter if you're doing work in education or immigration or health, like everybody pitches into the census in our community. So I hope there's some excitement around that. And then we'll run an exercise on how do we continue to advocate for data disaggregation locally, wherever our work is using a document that we developed at the Data Policy Lab called the Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander Data Policy Platform, which is looking at how to improve data systems to be more equitable for our data needs as NHPI. So that's going to be the exercise we'll incorporate into the, into the data conversation because we know so many of our organizations already do data disaggregation advocacy at their local level. And we wanna be able to give them some additional tools to support the work that they're doing while we're thinking about how to continue to improve data systems at the national level. Well, I can say that I'm definitely excited about this data. <laughs> I've been waiting for the next round of the census. Come on, let's, let's see what it's gonna be. Cause that's like, that informs the, the pieces that you really want to throw your resources again. For myself as a children's book author, like it's appalling the level of like stories that get published for our community, by our communities, like with our voices. Um, and so that really drove me to do that and form, like even as a 
as a creative, as an entrepreneur, like just a com community engaged person looking for the resources, like, where are they? There's not enough. Okay, well, then I guess I need to do something about it, right? Like, how can I help inspire and, and try to connect some of these people who I know they're out there? It's just, how do we find them? And so I'm excited to have this, even though the session that you were talking about, the first one about the equity action plans and trying to present that strategy of one hour, I think that could be the entire day. You'd be asking me because I'm like, let's go deep. Let's go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited and I, I'm glad um, to hear that you guys are putting in this work and really being intentional about how we best maximize the data, the things that are already being done and kind of filling the pukas, yeah, of everything. So wonderful. Guys, if you're listening to this, you guys need to come. So I, I've heard, yeah. So I, I, in addition to that, you mentioned more time. So Saturday will be, a, so Friday is full of information and there's some time to follow out by that third hour and everything. And then we're going to leave time um, for, for you to meet with your own uh, association at the very end of the day. And then you can go do dinner or whatever. I mean, we're in a great hotel. Price is amazing for the hotel room as well. And so, and, and there's just lots of restaurants right around the area. So we invite everybody to choose their own, whatever they want to do that night. But then on Saturday, we'll come back and then we'll like, uh, what we'll do is kind of do brief what we happened the day before and then allow more time for people to kind of go deeper. Like you said, Juana, if that, if one of the issues was this equity and health disparities or whatever, and this is something you really want to deal with, that's something that could be further discussed in on Saturday. And so we are together on Saturday, a half day, but we still have the rooms and everything for people who want to stay even longer uh, to discuss, to talk, um, to debrief and to go deeper. So, so yeah, you are not going to leave them hanging on Friday night. We're going to let them come back on Saturday and talk a little bit more. So <laughs> yeah, and then we have a special treat, a special treat. Like uh, the very last, one of the last things on Saturday is what the the NHI Data Policy Lab is develop, helping to develop a health equity index, an NHPI health equity index. Finding from, from the work that we were doing during the pandemic, a lot of the health indices that were being used, like healthy people's, healthy people, uh, healthy people's index or the social vulnerability index, a lot of these indices that have been developed to measure how to allocate resources did not take into those the kinds of indicators that were accurately capturing the needs in our communities. So an example of something that is used a lot is the median household income. And we know that in our multifamily homes where we have multiple workers, it doesn't accurately paint the picture for the needs in a family, because you can have a really high median household income because you have a lot of workers in the household. And what would be more accurate in measuring that for our families is per capita income, right? That takes into account how many people live in the household. And so the, the, the Data Policy Lab is, has a project to, de to develop an NHPI health equity index. And so they're going to present that work at the at the end of Saturday, which is midday, like we're ending midday Saturday, so people have time to just do whatever they want. But they will be presenting that for anybody interested and asking people for input 
on that work that they've been working on. So we're hoping that this is something that can be useful for years to come when it comes to our community, more useful than what exists right now. So I, I always forget to promote that one, but, but that's going to be a really exciting session also. Awesome. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like a, a really good conversation. And, and to Charlene, I'm glad that you guys are making the time for the, the banal and the, like, the natural growth of what topics of interest that people want to explore even on, on site. Because I, too, have found that at conferences, oh, my gosh, there was so much great information. But sometimes it's like information overload and I want to talk about it, but no enough time. Everybody's already <laughs> crambling. Like at the, the CNAJ conference, there was like, I don't know, like five topics I wanted to do in the same time slot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how does one even? Oh, I wish I could clone myself. Oh, <laughs> oh. no, really? Yeah, I, I was there as well. So I, 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 I totally, oh, we were all, all three of us. Yeah, were there. <laughs> yeah that's right. So yeah, lots of great learning, but it, yeah, it's like you can't be in every other, every place. So yeah, that, yeah it's really good. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, so we may never know what could come of it. Maybe we can even use this podcast as a platform to reconnect and continue conversations that, that come out of these events and make it accessible to those who either cannot make it to the conferences or also want to continue and, and reconnect on the topics and hear the progress that's being made and, and just find those avenues to, to keep keep the connections going for sure. That's one of the main things that I really wanted to do with, with this, with this platform is help those things to continue to happen. Yeah. Moana, you bring up a really good topic because Alisi, uh, this is, I know Sidhu and I are talking about this, I think tomorrow, but looking at, is there, should we be thinking about recording and or videoing the sessions? Because if you think about, at least when you just talked about this data, <clears throat> This data, the, the census detail data, oh my goodness. It's, and, and we know not everybody can afford or will be with us at uh, Currents, but that might be something where we could look at it, whether it's in total for the whole one hour recording or whatever it is, or we at least condense it down to a smaller version. But that might be great information. And then Moana, that might be something that you could even share on this platform, as well as looking at those equity pieces. Because once again, I think the thing we need, I think the thing, one of my goals though, is having done this work for so many years is, and, and we cannot, we cannot, we cannot be like the Western style. We need to really look at the kako. We're all in this together and we share this with everyone. We don't be so stingy and keep it to ourselves because that defeats the whole purpose of what we're here doing. And our ancestors are not like that. They were not like that. When we had the knowledge, we shared that mana'o with everybody. So, so that's one of the things I think our, allowance, our alliance is trying to do as well, to make this a, a way that we all share and we all benefit and we all rise and we all elevate together. Yeah, I love that approach, of course. Yeah, and I'm happy. I'm happy to, I can try to do some recordings on, on site. I mean, I'm more like super fancy stuff, but <laughs> but I, I typically do that in, in some conferences, especially like topics that are, I feel would be relevant for the platform, of course, with permission from the participants and, and convention organizers. 
But yeah, if there's a way that I can help, please let me know. And I'm happy to, to contribute that for sure. We have, we all heard what she said, right? So we've, <laughs> yeah, just, just let me uh, give me a little bit advance notice on, I got to plan and get the license with me. But yeah, I'll, I'll plan to, I have, I have some like recordings that I'll, I can bring and yeah, we can do that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, the hour went by so fast. So if people do want to come and join the conference, where is the best place for them to find it online? Yes. Our website, nhpialliance.org backslash currents. It has all the information. There's a link there for the hotel where you can get a group rate discount. Rooms are are going fast, so I hope I think we might still have some, right? We have the we we've we've met our one of our goals, but we do have extra rooms, a few other rooms available. So yes. The sooner the better if people can call in. Alicia, if people have a hard time or need more help. Is there a phone number or something or the emails are there that they can contact somebody? I, let me see. Is it there? Yes, there is an info at nhpialliance.org email there that you can contact or you can shoot me an email. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. And and then if they go to our team page too, we there's a lot of other emails there under each of our, our our pictures and everything. You'll see other emails that and there's our dear Cohen. There you go. Yeah. All the information you need, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> One of us will certainly answer you. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Right on. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to, I got to do my registration and make sure I can get my time off of work. And I'm, I'm excited to connect with you all and be a part of this, this important event and gathering. We, it's one of the, what, it's a topic that's been coming up over and over again is like, how can Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders better align and and work in in parallel in, in support of one another because our interests are aligned the challenges that we face are all very similar our communities work were connected are connected and over time western uh, ways have kind of taught us that try to divide us in that way mm-hmm. um, but that was never the intent our our communities were always connected so I'm honored to be able to continue the work of our of our kupuna and help continue to encourage our kiki to to step into their leadership their own leadership as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wanna can I just say one thing too? So having been in the community for so long and and being a, a teacher and administrator and everything in this community right here in Utah. I mean, I'm just so thrilled to see so many of our so many of our young the students that I had taught or whatever now in the universities or that are in these leadership positions that have, that they're at the table, that their voices are being heard. And so our work has always been important. And so I just, it, it's really nice that you can see the fruits of our, what we have done in the previously in the seeds that we have planted. So I just see great things for our community to come. I mean, you know, 
look at the great things that the two of you are doing. I mean, and Alisi with all the her, but the thing is, everyone makes a difference and we, it's just a ripple effect and we just have to keep going at it. But, but we are a, a powerful force. We are. Absolutely. Manavahine. <laughs> oh, all righty. Well, mahalo nui. Thank you again so much for giving us a chance to learn about what you guys are doing and be a part of, of your, your important work. And once again, if you're listening, October 19th to the 21st here in Washington, D.C., nhpialliance.org for the information. Come join us. Come talk story. And even if you're in other indigenous communities, come and talk story because we can learn from you too. Like we, 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 it's one of the reasons why, again, this podcast focuses on Native Hawaiian Pacific Islanders, but really all indigenous communities, because while we are diverse and we have our unique characteristics, there are a lot of common challenges that we face. And the more that we can unite around those and augment and, and support the efforts the greater the impact and the greater our waves can be. So, mahalo. Yeah. Um, any last comments before we sign off for tonight? I just want to say, I love when you said the greater our waves can be, that goes right into our currents convening because we are Moana people, right? We're all Hawaiian people. I mean, it's, I just went really quick. I was at the Legacy Museum in Montgomery, Alabama. And when I went to the first room, it was just the sounds of the ocean and the waves and the water because they're talking about the the passage and everything. But I, as a as a person, as an Oceanian, as a Pacific Islander, oh my goodness, that just filled me with so much, so much memories and, and cultural being. So, so yes, no. So thank you for using that term, waves. Yes, of course. And how can I not? It's my name. <laughs> <laughs> My name is the name of the podcast, Mata Nui. That was the whole thing. Paying tribute to Oceania and all of the Pacific Islander peoples that make make up our wonderful uh, community. So, mahalo for being a part of that. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed the content, please share it around. Share, subscribe to Mata Nui Podcast on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. And you can also follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and all the platforms, podcast platforms. We're everywhere. So thank you guys for your support and for helping us to continue to grow the channel and again, the channels of the ocean. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, on behalf of our entire Pacific Islander community, mahalo nui. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Malama pondo. Ahui ho.